Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I want to come back to that. For without me... You can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and gathered and thrown them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples hey over the next few minutes i want to speak to you from this idea i'm hoping you're taking notes write some stuff down i'm I'm gonna speak to you from this idea expanded in intimacy spiritual authority expanded in intimacy oh god we pray right now that you would be with us i pray that you would speak as we've learned lord god of our identity as we learn lord how to expand our intimacy with you lord god and and as we begin to get activated in faith i pray that we would bring glory to your name it is the gospel that saves all men lord It is your spirit that draws all men into into a relationship, Lord God, unto repentance with you. And I pray, Father, John 3.30, let me decrease. Let me step out of the way that you may increase, Lord. It's you that saves, Lord God. It is your story that brings men to you, Lord. I pray that you would do so today, Father. It's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, if you're believing for God to give you a word, come on, would you put your hands together? Oh, come on, if you're excited, you're ready for God to speak. Come on, would you put your hands together? Hey, so... We started this uh, brand new series called Spiritual Authority Developed. And over the last 13 weeks, for those that have been on the journey, we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how He expands, how He does things in our life. And the gifts of the Spirit, how they're broken into three separate categories. And we've explained those and we've given you all the knowledge. But then last week, what I talked about was this idea that we can easily live in a comfort zone. The way that Peter, James, and John did when they were in the Mount of Transfiguration. Let us make three houses here. Let's make three churches so that we can stay here. But all through scripture, you see, even as the disciples, as they spent time in a city, they watched amazing things happen in the city and then God would bring persecution. Something would happen and they would shift and they would have to go to another season. Even Jesus himself would have to leave places without completing everything that he wanted to do because he understood, I have to continue to preach. And us as men and women of God, sometimes what can happen is that when you hear a lot about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, this stuff becomes really good. And when worship starts happening, you get in these moments and man we've watched people get healed in this platform and this altar space right here we've watched things happen and you've seen them with your own eyes for those of you that you may be new on the journey go back and watch the series that we had just a minute a couple of weeks ago called out with the new in with the old we've watched these things happen but if I'm honest with you if we relegate it to just a Sunday morning experience it just becomes a high 
That's all you're doing. You're just coming in here. You're worshiping. You get a little feeling. You go back out there and you go live your life. My hope and my desire is that you would understand that you got the green light, which nuns made a, a beautiful analogy. She was talking to me. And it's like sometimes we think that the preachers, they got the green light to operate in the gifts of the spirit and to heal people and to do all of these beautiful things that God has mandated. But in reality, every single person, every one of you have the green light. My hope and my desire is for you to understand as I begin to teach you these things, it's because I want to watch you fulfilled. Some of y'all might plant churches. Some of y'all might have ministries where you're going to go do amazing things for God. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to come alongside of you and we're going to love you. The evidence of that is going to be shown in next Sunday, which, you know, it's a bitter, ugly, bittersweet moment, I guess. I don't even know what to call it, but a part of our church, the heartbeat of our church, one of our pillars of our church, which is the Mendizabals, Luki and Carlos, Rebecca and Jay. These guys have been, I mean, just absolutely beautiful people in my life, in my wife's life, personally as friends. But then as a church, you've seen how they've spoken and how they've blessed you. They have a gift and a calling inside of them. God uses her in, in prophecy, in the prophetic realm, in such a beautiful way where it's not just her using it, but she loves to teach people. They have gifts inside of them. They have desires and dreams where they want to start foster cares and they want to do different things that God has put inside of their heart and they feel like this is the time for God, that God told them that they want to do it. And what are we doing as a church? Are we hoarding them and holding them back? No, that's disobedience. The Lord didn't show that to me. Absolutely not. What we're doing is that next Sunday, we're going to bring them up here. We're going to bless them. We're going to pray for them and we're going to watch God use them in such a beautiful way because we believe in each and every single one of you guys. My desire and my hope is that you would understand that these gifts are for you. Spiritual authority is the gasoline that actually drives these things and empowers them. Last Sunday, we talked about how spiritual authority has these three different layers to it. How do you increase it? Because we think that it's positional. We think we receive gifts and that's it. We got the gifts and we live in those things. But they're actually developed and that there's things inside of you that you have to begin to develop. Things that you have to mine out and bring into your life and things that you have to mine, that you have to actually get out of your life. And last week, we talked about this one which is rooted in identity and how Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed. Don't allow the world to shape you. Childhood traumas, things that have happened to you when you were an adolescent, things that you didn't process, they begin to shape who you are. And they, they continue to make you begin to walk in an identity which God did not create you to be. What happens is that when you have these childhood traumas, you begin to put up walls and fences and I'm not going to let anybody hurt me like that. I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm so stupid. I keep doing the same thing over and over. Well, I'm going to put barriers around me so that I don't let my stupidity go out. And you begin to believe a lie. And three of the lies is that you people, please, you got to make sure everybody's good. You, you have a performance lie that you live in and it's like, I got to make sure that I do everything right. I got to get the right grades and I got to make sure my boss and I got to do everything correctly. And then you, you fall under a control lie where you try to control every single outcome and you try to control every person so that at the end of the day, you won't feel bad. And these are the ways that the world tries to conform you. But if you're going to walk in your, in your identity, if you're going to get rooted in identity, then you got to mind those things out. And the three ways that we told you to do those things is number one, you got to be self-aware. You got to know, why am I thinking that way? What did I, why did I just say that to myself in my brain? Why, why did I feel that? Like, why did I just get mad and I felt that? You got to get self-aware. Catch yourself when you're doing these things. And then you got to actually say, yo, why did I act like that? Why am I screaming right now? Why did I just punch that wall? Why did I just yell at her? Why did I just push her away? 
Why am I doing these things? Why am I acting that way? You got to have self-awareness and see where you're at, but you also got to wash yourself in the world. Replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God and wash yourself in the word of God. And then the last one is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He reveals to you the scripture. He reveals to you your identity. And Romans chapter five, verse five says that God pours his spirit out into our hearts. Now, this is the way that you are rooted in your identity. Today, what I want to talk about is expanding your intimacy. This isn't just regular little Bible study. This isn't just your devotional. This isn't just praying and reading the word. My hope and my desire is that you would take it a step further and that you would actually watch as God does even bigger things. As we look at the scripture in John chapter 5, we see the picture of Jesus talking about abiding. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Nobody, listen to me, not one single person, I don't care, wherever you look at, had the weight that Jesus had. I mean, listen, the demand on his life, he clearly would see people. He clearly understood their needs, their desires. He understood who they were. He was filled with compassion. People were coming at him from left and right. I mean, the demand on his life was absolutely excruciating. It got to the point one time that he said that birds have nests and fox have holes, but the son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head at. He was next to the well in John chapter four, the Bible says, because he is clothed in humanity. Philippians chapter two, verse seven says that he stripped himself of divinity. So here it is in John chapter four that he's sitting down because he's tired. But the same Jesus, though we watch him living in humanity and being the man who he was, not one single time did you ever see him not bearing fruit. He was always effective at what he did. He was always close to the father. He had a great relationship with the father. He knew how to back away. He knew how to fill himself up. So with such a demand on his life, being so busy where everybody's asking for a piece of it, how is it that he lived a healthy life? I'm hoping that today I could unpack to you that in scripture. Number one, I believe, and I want you to take these notes because I'm going to show you three different ways that I believe Jesus did it and that we can do it because it's actually inside of us. The Bible says that Jesus, when he's talking in John chapter 15, he's using this analogy about bearing fruit and about abiding in a vine. And when you're abiding in a vine, you receive the nutrients, the things that you need so that you can bear fruit. And number one, I want you to write this down. You got to bear the father's fruit. Number one, you got to bear the father's fruit. In one of my favorite movies ever, Lord of the Rings, it's, <laughs> it's Bilbo Baggins, the prophet. <laughs> That says, I just feel stretched and thin, like butter being spread over too much bread. And a lot of times that happens to us. We're doing so many things and we're filled with so many exterior voices. Yo, everything is competing for the voice of God. I, I saw a study that, and I didn't even believe this until I started watching this, but humans, especially with an iPhone, they look at their phone close to a thousand times a day. Yo, that doesn't even make sense to me that you would actually look and pick it up just a, a, about a thousand times. It just, a friend of mine's taught me a life hack. I'm going to tell you this. I, I used it for like a day and then I, re, I did it. I went back. I repent. We're going to do it though, nuns. Put your phone to grayscale. It helps you because all of the colors, they release endorphins inside of you. But when you put your phone to grayscale, it doesn't look as appealing. I promise you, try it, just try it. But listen, there's so many things that are vying for us. And when those things vie for your attention, you begin to do the work in those things and develop stuff. Now you got to catch up on a certain season on Netflix so that you're up to date. Now you got to make sure that you're, you're, you know, you're having the conversations and you're doing all of these different things because you want to be a part of what it is. You're on social media and you're like, I just got to check what's going on. 
Like I just, I want to know what the world is doing. You're on Facebook and you're sitting there and you're scrolling for hours on end and you're the type of person, you ain't post since 1983, but you on Instagram and Facebook every day. I mean, you just, you know what everybody, oh yeah, I saw the baby, oh my God. It's like, yo, I haven't seen you in five years. People come up to us and they're like, oh my God, Abby, she's so beautiful, she's grown up. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> well, God bless you, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. What happens is that if you don't bear the Father's fruit and you're not about the Father's business, then what ends up happening is that you're about every other business and you find yourself in places where you're giving the time that should be to God to other things. So the more you say yes to Netflix, the more you say no to God. The more you say yes to your sleep, the more you say no to God. The more that you listen to those things that they don't help you. And I don't care if you listen to Kanye or Drake or you arguing about who is better. The more you listen to these things, the more it begins to burden your heart. And the more they talk about certain things that you're not there yet, then you find yourself fast forwarding on your tape because you're like, I want to be in love. And now you're finding a relationship and you're looking for things that in reality, you ain't got no business looking for. You're watching things that are going through your eyes and they're going into your soul and they're beginning to hurt you because now you're looking at the world from a different worldview and you have no idea the ramifications and the things that can come from that. Chino, you being legalistic now, like I can watch what I want to watch. I can see what I want to see. I'm just trying to be culturally relevant and I want to be, you know, I want to know what's going on in the times and, you know, and I want to do all of these things because I, I want to be hip with the times and I want to know what's up and I want to know what's going on and these are the things that I got to do. And in reality, I'll tell you, yeah, that's cool, but you have no spiritual authority. You, you've, you haven't casted out a demon. You haven't healed a person. You haven't led anybody to Jesus. You find yourself on Facebook arguing about a point or a type of organization that you don't even agree with 85% of the stuff that they have but you're voicing it to get your little 35 comments and for people to argue on your page and you're hurting people when in reality God has not called you to be in that position he's actually called you to be a man or a woman of God but we find ourselves of course yeah this I'm not calling this legalistic what I'm telling you is that if you want to have spiritual authority there's some stuff that you got to cancel out there's some stuff that you got to be real in the words of the prophets of old Wu-Tang protect your neck I'm coming for it today <laughs> Because I want us to be the type of church that is not just sitting there coming and consuming on a Sunday on a regular basis. But I want us to be able to walk out the things that God has. The devil has had too much time in your family bloodline for you not to break that generational curse. There are things inside of you that God wants to do. And for you to sit there and allow for your time to go to somebody else. When God is saying, yo, I got things I need done. He's been a perfect gentleman. He's allowed and he stepped out of certain situations, but I think God is in a space now where he's just like, yo, I just need you to give me room. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to ask him to do it. And my hope and my desire is that you would understand that, that you got to be about the father's business. Jesus was about the father's business, not everybody else's business. People will inject their things into you in such a way that you won't be able to get out of it. Everybody, you're... Chino, when you're watching this later, I want you to hear this part. Listen, lock in. Listen to me. Everybody's problems are not for you to solve. Because you're spinning your wheels around trying to help somebody who you gave the same advice to 17 times and they still doing the same thing. But yet you're going to jump on another two-hour phone call with them. For what? Yo, at some point, you just got to say, listen, if you're not willing to take these steps, like I can't continue because people are going to always pull from you and they're always going to try to grab these things from you. And if you are not the type of person that actually steps out and says, yo, I can't keep doing this, my guy. Like, I, I just can't. 
Like, I just can't. My time, I have to give it to God. I got to be about my father's business. If you don't set boundaries, people will set boundaries for you. And it's not their fault. It's your fault. Because you allowed yourself to be consumed. Be about the father's business. Make sure that you're bearing the father's fruit. Number two, Jesus lived from the fruit of the father. Jesus lived from the fruit of the father. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. It says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things. Now here it is. Jesus has sent them out two by two. I want you to go out and I want you to preach the kingdom. And I want you to heal the sick. And I want you to cast out demons. And I want you to do all of the things that I have taught you and everything that I have modeled. And he sends them out into the city, gives them instructions. When you go to a city, if they receive you, let your grace come upon it. If not, then dust the, 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 take the dust off your shoes and move to the next one. The disciples come back and they say, even the demons are subject to your name. We watched so many beautiful things happen. And this is the response that Jesus said to them. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had thought and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside. Listen to the response. I hear everything that you did. It's amazing. Here's the response of Jesus. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. Jesus on a regular basis was not only taking rhythms of him as himself of solitude. Remember we taught this. There's a difference between isolation and solitude. Isolation is when you push everybody away. Solitude is where you step away to be able to take time to be with God. And Jesus was a proponent, not only a proponent, but he was actually teaching on a regular basis. These guys come back from a spiritual high. They've seen God do amazing things. And the first thing he does is, yo, I need you to come over here and I need you to spend some time with me. I need you. Let's get away from the crowds and let's spend some time. We were talking about this at lead. Every morning we get with our team together and we have a leadership talk. And today, one of the things that we were talking about is homework is scheduling some time where you can take at least 25, 24 to 36 hours. For some of them, they can take two days. For some of them, they can take three days. But yo, during your life, listen to me, this is leadership talk. I'm talking to big boys now, big girls now. During this time that we're living in right now, our attention, we're getting attacked from every single place you can imagine. Our minds, our families, our health, our spiritual health. There has to be a moment where at least once a month, you pull away from life, turn off your phone, and just give God 24 hours of your day. I'm not talking about praying for 15 minutes and reading two chapters of the Bible. I'm talking about actually, if you want to see spiritual authority increase in your life, you're actually going to have to step across that threshold and not do the basic, but actually begin to lean in and take some time. There needs to be some time of fasting, where it's not just fasting social media or, or fasting sweets or fasting coffee, but actually saying, I'm going to just drink water only. And I'm going to take 24 hours and I'm just going to spend it with God. I'm going to take 36 hours. I'm going to spend it with God. That you have these extended periods of time where it's just you and Jesus. you got to find a rhythm of that daily. Yo, I, I'm, I'm preaching because I believe that on a regular basis, hopefully, you've been listening to every single one of these messages. If not, go back and listen to them. But my hope and my desire is that you would understand we've talked about the small rhythms of daily Bible study, of praying. I'm not talking to that. I'm speaking to an increased power and authority, a spiritual authority that is going to be rooted in your identity and it's going to be expanded in your intimacy where you have to take these seasons. Chino, I feel dry. Like, I get it. And I, you know, I love the whole prayer thing and I'm reading. And, but, but honestly, man, I just feel like every time I sit down and I read, it's just like I'm two chapters in and I'm like thinking about her or I'm over there. 
Oh, I'm thinking about things of God because, yo, I'm the number one proponent. I'll sit there and I got to read the whole chapter again because the whole time I was thinking about you. So what I do in my own personal life, some of the tips and tricks that I do, like I call them life hacks that I do in my own life is that I switch it up. There are seasons of my life where I read the word of God and it just comes alive. And I'll be sitting there and I'll read 10 chapters and I'm like early in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm writing stuff down and I'm sitting there crying. And then I tell my wife and I'm, 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 I have those moments with God. But then there are seasons where I read the word and I'm just like, bro, why did you kill him? You, what? And in those seasons, what I do is that I just, I just switch it up. Because if you're in a rut, just switch it up. And what I do is that then I just put on some songs. And instead of listening to songs, I begin to sing those songs. And now I'm not just praying I am available. I'm not just saying I am available. I begin to close my eyes. I put my AirPods on. And early in the morning, I'm pacing back and forth. And I'm just like, I am available. And as I begin to sing, all of a sudden now, I start to feel God's presence. And I, I begin to get filled up. Now I jump back to the scriptures and things stick out at me, but they're just, you got to just switch some stuff up. Sometimes there are going to be seasons where worship might not, you just listen to a song and you're just like, yo, there's so much going on right now. You might read the word and you're just like, eh, and there just might be a season where you just need to pray, where you just need to get on your knees, separate, turn off your phone, turn off your brain and be able to say, yo, God, I need you right now to expand my intimacy. And there are seasons where you begin to pray and that's what brings you connection with God. That's what actually fulfills you and it starts building you up inside. You got to find your rhythm and through life is not the same thing because if you do that, that's called religion. If you read the same three chapters and you pray the same, our father who art in heaven. And if you continue to do that over and over, it just becomes monotony. It's literally just going to be a space of basicness where you're not going to find spiritual authority in that. You're going to get to heaven and you know what God is going to say when he sees you? He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant because faith is is the way that you enter into heaven. Salvation comes through faith. But if on this side of earth, you want to watch God do amazing things through you, you want to watch your family change, you want to watch your neighborhood change, you want to watch your school change, you want to watch your friends change, then I'm telling you that there has to be a season of expanded intimacy in your life, that you got to step over that threshold of basic and begin to watch God operate. You got to break the stagnation in your life. If I can give you the last little tidbit, put it on your calendar. Like start putting reminders on your calendar. Get up and pray. Annoy yourself that every time you look at your phone, you're like, oh my God, sleep. Stop, don't do that. <laughs> but annoy yourself because I promise you the things that are important to you are the things that you put on your calendar. If you don't manage your calendar, the calendar is going to manage you. But if you're able to inject God in there on a regular basis, spend time, plan this thing out. Like, yo, on Tuesdays, when I get home from work, I'm not turning on the TV. I'm just going to spend time with God. On Thursdays, when I, before I go to work, I'm going to take that time and I'm just going to give it to the Lord. But if, if you plan it, I promise you that you're going to watch yourself rooted in it. So number one, there has to be this, this thing inside of you where, where you have to bear the Father's fruit and not be sitting there worrying about other things. Eliminate distractions. Eliminate things in your life. Number two, you got to have these rhythms. Jesus bared the Father. He ate from the Father's fruit. You got to have rhythms and seasons of your life where you distance yourself from the world and you actually watch God do. The disciples went out into every one of those cities and they preached the gospel. People were healed. Demons came out of people. They came back and they told Jesus, look at all these things that we did. It was amazing. And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, come, let's go pray. Let's go spend some time with the Father. You know what happened? When they came back, there was a man who brought his son and his son had a demon and the disciples could not get that kid free. 
So what did Jesus did? Jesus was able to get the kid free. He threw himself in the fire or in the water. Jesus was able to do that. And then the disciples asked him, how come we couldn't do that? And he says something to him that I believe sometimes we misconstrue. He says to them, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. And originally what you begin to think is, oh, there's a demon and the, you could just pray and fast and the demon is out. Let me explain something to you. For you to actually be able to move in the spiritual authority that Jesus did where he just spoke to that child and that child was set free, Prayer is you spending time with God. Fasting is you eliminating distraction to spend time with God. Meaning that the more you spend time with God, the more that you watch your spiritual authority grow. And what he was showing the disciples is you did amazing things for me. You did incredible things. But I want you to understand you're depleted right now. And the only way you're going to continue to do these things is because of me. Not because of what you've done. That should free some people on the other side that begin to think because I had an abortion, because I had lost my virginity, because I didn't read as good as everybody else, because I don't preach the way that you preach, because I've made so many mistakes in my life. Can I understand you? I want to explain to you so that you can understand that when you repent of your sins, the Bible says that God doesn't even remember your sins anymore as far as the east is from the west. But we stay there. We stay there and preach a legalistic grace message where we're just like, we're forgiving. Let's just live in butterflies. God wants you to spend time with him because he wants to use you. When he uses you, it's little about you. And so much about him using you and being in you and operating through you. We got to make sure. I wonder we're bearing the father's fruit. That is Jesus did that we're eating from the father's fruit. But I think number three, we need to abide with God. John chapter 15, the entire chapter is all about Jesus explaining what it looks like for you to abide with God. The word abide is to continue to be present, to last, and to endure. It's this, this thought, one of, the, one of the interpretations is to not choose another. That's what the word abiding means. That, that you would spend time with God. This is what Jesus did. Jesus actually, he abided with God on a regular basis. This isn't about you bearing fruit. Please understand me. I, we'll get to that part. But this is about you just abiding with God. I want to show you three quick things about abiding. Number one, uh, abiding is all about being, not doing. Now, Tino, I'm preaching to you again. (laughs) Because there are many times that my abiding turns into, oh, that's a great message. Oh, I can, oh, this person needs that. Or, oh, I I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take growth track and I'm going to, and I'm, this is the answer. Growth track, G-groups, none of those things are the answer. Jesus is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. But I begin to think through these things and now I'm like, out of obligation, I'm doing these things and I'm like, what? Well, I got to go pray and I got to go preach. So I'm going to read five chapters today. And I remember times in my life where I would sin and I would walk away from God and I would do things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I would think to myself, well, this week I'm going to read five chapters of the Bible. When we sing the songs, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm really going to sing them. I'm, I'm going to listen to them. I'm, I'm a, right now, I don't even know the words. I'm going to peek, but I'm a, and then I'm going to sing them. I'm going to really do that. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give my tithe. I'm going to do everything. Because I felt like I was distant from God, but then I would ask myself the question, at what point does God, does God start loving me again? How much of that do I need to do for God to come back into my life? What happens, 
is that number one, he's already in your life. You live from his love. You don't do things for his love. But what ends up happening is that I think as, as believers, we're constantly trying to do something. When God just wants you to just sit your butt down, why don't you just hang out with me? Why don't you just spend time with me? Like, I don't need you to do a million different things. I've said this illustration more times than I can imagine. But every time I say it, I feel like the Lord just speaks to me. So I could care less what he says to you. <laughs> if there's a fire outside in this parking lot and all the people are in hell and they're all burning and God tells me, Chino, put your name in there because you know some of y'all are the same as me. And God tells you, you can go out there and you can grab those people from the fire. It's going to hurt. You're going to end up at Wellstar because you'll have some burns. You might lose your hair, wig, whatever it is. It just <laughs> can't do it. Glue it, girl. But listen, it, whatever it is, you, you're just going to burn. Like there's going to be parts of you that's going to hurt, like, but you're going to pull people out of hell. I'm going to give you a water gun. Go out there and try to grab them. I'll look at that fire and I'll say, heck yeah, that's easier than getting up at six in the morning and saying, good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day. That, let me do that. Let me pull them out of hell. Like, I don't want to just sit here and like read, oh, in the beginning, in the beginning. Like, I just want, let me do that. And if I'm honest with you, abiding is about stop doing and just be. Wow, yeah. just, when you get in your prayer closet, when you get in the time where you're spending in this intimacy with God, shut it down. And for some of us, it's going to take you a little while. You're going to have to fight with some thoughts. Keep the phone upstairs there's different things that you have to do to kind of get to this space and you will and I'll explain to you why in just a second and you will get to that space but just be there when I'm on a date night with my wife one of my no-nos I know I can't do it she looks at me crazy she's Cuban Puerto Rican so she got a little violence in her is uh I'm not gonna be in a date with her and I'm like pulling out my phone <laughs> and I'm like sitting here scrolling while she's there but yet, sometimes I do that to God. Hopefully, from this message, you would have those moments where you would abide with God and, and that you would be there instead of doing a bunch of stuff. I, I think it's important, and we've given you a tool. If you go to the website, greater.church, S-O-A-P, S-O-A-P, SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. It's a moment where you can read the Scripture, and it's a tool, it's just a resource to be able to help you to lean in and look at the scriptures and really be present and engaged as opposed to just doing it out of religious duty. I got to read three chapters today. It's not about reading three chapters today. It's about reading the scripture, finding something that sticks out to you, observing it, and then saying, how am I going to apply that to my life? And then praying, Lord, help me to apply this to my life. Because I believe that if we're able to do those things, then we're actually there. We're not just doing something, but we're actually present and engaged. Number two, there's being and doing and not doing but number two there's intentional sensing when we're talking about abiding this is what Jesus did on a regular basis these are the moments where it's easy to sense God when you're worshiping it's easy to sense God when you're reading the word or you have your alone time I want you to practice it because it's going to expand your spiritual authority but it's also going to expand your intimacy with God if everywhere that you go just try to see God just try to intentionally sense him what are you doing in this conversation right now? What are you trying to say? Okay, I'm at work. I just want to sense where is God in this space? Bring him with you. 
begin when you're working out Quincy begin to see okay what is God doing in this space like where do you start seeing him what are areas that you're just like because I promise as you begin to practice that it's going to start developing something inside of you where this rhythm of your soul and your body actually gets in tune with your spirit and you begin to walk and I promise you man you're going to see God do some beautiful things you're going to see him in movies that you're watching you're going to see him in conversations you're going to see him as you're driving and you want to you know wave at somebody with one finger you're going to see him in the midst of that and God thank you for not striking me dead intentional sensing I think being and not doing, but then I think the third one, and I think it's probably the one that we all have to struggle the most with when we abide what Jesus did, there has to be a willing persistent or a willing pursuit. This is what I mean by that. What I have been talking to you about today is things that we would speak to spiritually mature adults. On a Sunday morning, one of my desires is to speak to people and to bring messages that are across the landscape of faith. Whether you just got saved, whether you was at the club last night doing all this, whether you're struggling with who you are in your identity, whether drugs have a complete grasp on you, alcohol, or you've been saved for the last 35 years and you can shoot about a Honda me under the table. My desire is to preach a message that all of us would be able to grasp on and that our response would be that we would turn our hearts to Jesus. A message like this is a little bit more depth. A message like this has a little bit more meat to it because not only is it giving me practicals, but it's actually telling me to step over the threshold of what's basic and step into spiritual authority. Now my desire and my hope is that you would understand these things. That it wouldn't just be things that are just kind of just flying around, but that you would understand them. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to lie to you. It's hard, man. What I'm asking you to do is tough. What I'm asking you to do sometimes is for some of us, our life, our ADHD, our ADD, it's almost impossible. But there has to be this willingness inside of you, this, this thing inside of you that says, yo, I want God. Like I need God. When somebody has cancer, that junk ups quick. When somebody has a disease inside of their body, COVID happens, it ups. That spiritual, I, well, I want God. You're reading, you're praying, and you're doing that. What happens if there's not a lot of needs in your life and you begin to seek God in the midst of that? Now it's no longer about you, but God is actually using you to reach out to the person that had the cancer, that had the bad diagnosis, the family member, the person that's far from God. All of a sudden now you're filled with something that's spilling out of you. My desire is that you would do that. And I'm not telling you that it's easy. I'm not telling you that it's something that is just... You just do it because you want to do it. But I'm telling you, you need to do it if you want to watch the spiritual authority, the gifts of the spirit we talked about for 13 weeks. You want to watch these things come alive. You need spiritual authority. If you want to fill up your tank of your spiritual authority, it's going to take you being rooted, understanding who you are, my identity. I know who I am. I am not conformed by the ways of this world. I'm renewing my mind daily by knowing what I'm thinking, by experiencing God in a real and relevant moment, by being washed by the word. But then I'm also expanding this thing by my intimacy with God because I know that the more I have of him, the more that he'll show out. And not easy, but it's needed. And for some of us, we hear these messages and we have such a desire to for God. And man, I want so much more of God and I want to read the Bible more and I want to spend more time with him and I want to experience him more. And you can, you can have as much of God as you want to have. 
but not more than you're willing to pay the price for. If you're willing to pay the price, yo, you can have all the God you want. And it doesn't have to be a tragedy. It doesn't have to be something super crazy that happened to your life. It could be in a season where things might be going good. It could be in a season where there might be tragedies in your life. But I'm hoping that as you apply the things that we talked about and you understand these things, that you would begin to walk out in your spiritual authority and that you would increase it. For some of us, we feel like our entire life is a tragedy. And when we talk about a price, man, I don't even know what my life is right now. For some of us, this pandemic has created an isolation. It's created these moments where we've fallen back into things that we didn't even think we were struggling with anymore. For others, maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here in person and maybe this is the gospel, Jesus himself. It might be a brand new concept to you. You used to go into a church where it was just, we read our rosaries. I don't even know if you read your rosaries. We said our rosaries. And I'm not, yo, listen, I, I, I received a word from God from a Catholic person that rocked my life. So please understand that I'm not speaking or belittling them. But I don't know where you are on the journey. Before I can tell you about the price that you got to pay, I want to tell you about a price that was already paid for you. The idea of intimacy was something that Jesus took the first steps in. The idea that while I was still a sinner, while I was still broken, while I was still far from God, Romans chapter 5 verse 18 says that in my worst, it was Jesus who was at his best. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. And that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And I don't know where you are on the journey. But I know, I know that Jesus, the one that we're talking about, that I not only has he taken the first steps in this relationship with you, but while you were walking backwards, while you were walking in circles, he was there. Today is not a coincidence that whether you jumped on the stream or you showed up to church, that God is speaking to you. And I believe on a day like today, where we're talking about abiding with God, where we're talking about being able to eat from his fruit, where we're talking about being about his business, I don't want to marginalize, or I don't want to put to the side the people who are at the very beginning of this journey or the people who are on the other side of the beginning of this journey. And salvation isn't really something in your life. You haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Can I tell you that today I want to give you an opportunity to be able to do that? The Bible says it very easy. How am I saved? How do I accept Jesus? How do I put him into my heart? What do I got to do? How much money do I have to bring? How many altars do I have to come to? How many scriptures do I have to read? Can I tell you that it says none of those things? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. In just a minute, I want to give you an opportunity, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I can help you with the confession of the mouth part. But the faith part is on you. Sometimes there's a feeling. That, that feeling isn't a, a well-eloquent, put-together message. It, it isn't an amazing keyboardist. It isn't an atmosphere. It is the Spirit of God that draws all men unto himself. It is God who has been chasing you. It's God who has been speaking to you. And it's God who desires you. So would you do me a favor, everybody in this room, would you close your eyes and bow your head for just a second? If you're watching online, would you do me a favor and just a moment of intimacy, would you just close your eyes and bow your head all over this place, if that's you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. 
we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.